uh, with Abraham. And God cuts covenant with himself and then lets Abraham in on it, right? And then Jesus come, that was a shadow of things that was to come, a picture of things that were come, and then Jesus comes and does the same thing. Jesus comes and pays the sin debt. He defeats sickness, sin, sickness, disease, and the devil. He establishes his kingdom within us, gives us the keys to the kingdom for us to rule and to reign. And we had nothing to do with it. Amen? We had nothing to do with it. He paid it all. He did it all. Everything. He did it all, but then he let us in on it. Jesus did not come to make an update on the old covenant, the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. And then he said, it is finished. Amen? It is finished, and he gave you and I, he gave us in this, in this uh, uh, covenant that he said he gave us a new and a better covenant, Hebrews says, right? A new covenant. It's not about works. It's about relationship, right? The old covenant was about works. It was labor. It was sweat. It was toil. It was about you doing something. But Jesus comes and he says, it's not about what you have done. It's about what I have done. And now I want to have a relationship with you. And Paul warns the New Testament church not to be trying to mix these covenants together. You cannot go back to the old covenant, the law, and then mix it with a little bit of the new covenant of grace. He said a little leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, if you just have a little uh, Sinai in it, right, don't be eating it, right? You know, you say, well, it just got a little bit. Well, I mean, who wants to eat a little bit of rat poison? You know, it's just got a little bit in it. I've made you these biscuits. It's got a little bit of rat poison in it. <laughs> Who wants to line up? Right? But he said a little leaven leavens a whole lump. In other words, when Jesus came and did what he did, he finished the work. He fulfilled the law. And so you, you never have a true relationship with a God that you think is angry. You can never have a, a true relationship with a God that you are trying to win his approval all the time, right? You must be convinced that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not because of your works, but because of the finished work of Calvary, because of what Jesus did. And so today, I just want to reiterate, I want to look at some things in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. He says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's speaking to the dietary laws of the day. And he said, the kingdom of God is not about what you eat. It's not about your dietary laws. It has nothing to do with that. The kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so what is the kingdom of God? It's the, 
rule, the power, the presence of God. And Jesus told us to pray. He said, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we pray that we are asking and believing for the invisible realm or kingdom to invade a visible world or realm or kingdom. And so if we, for us to experience this uh, real change, we have to know who we are in Christ Jesus and know that we have authority in the earth. Amen. We have to have authority in the earth. Come kingdom, be done will. Where? Not in heaven someday, the pie in the sky, but the here and the now. In earth, let it be so as it is in heaven. Right? How many, how many believe that heaven, there's a struggle? How many believe in heaven that, that there's, there's sickness, infirmity, disease? How many believe that people are struggling with, with lust and temptations in heaven? No, those things have been broken. It's not there, right? Jesus' kingdom reigns totally and completely. And he says that we're to pray the kingdom of God come into the earth. Amen? And so we, the kingdom, where is the kingdom? It's within us. And so on the inside of us, our, our walk with the Lord should re resemble heaven. Amen. Resemble heaven. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 2, he said he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. As they preached the kingdom of God, there was release of power that healed the sick. Right? Well, well, so what is righteousness? It's right standing with God. To be restored to right standing with God through grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? To be in right standing with God, being restored to right standing with God through grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 2, we're just going to have a Bible study here today because y'all are half awake. Romans 4 verse 2, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Amen. He was justified. To be made righteous. Just as if I'd never sinned. Amen. Abraham believed God. What, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What part did Abraham do? Believed. Believed. You've got to believe. God did the work. He made him righteous. And all Abraham had to do is believe it. Amen. Believe the blood. The grace of God is so powerful that it removes your past, your present, and your future sins. 
Jesus does not have to come again for future sins. He is already paid for. It, should we sin because grace abounds? God forbid. But if we do sin, huh? We have an advocate with the Father. In other words, it's already taken care of if you do sin. By Jesus' blood, he gives you what you never earned. He counted it to him as righteousness. Right? It was accredited to him. It was put in his account. In verse 6, it says, Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works, blessed are those who whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins were covered. David said their sins were covered, right? We know that he's talking about the old covenant because there was a covering. Covering is an atonement for our sins. And so he is speaking to them in that day of the old covenant where there was a covering of the sins as they brought the animals blood and it covered their sins and God accredited it to them as righteousness. This is a shadow of what is to come, right? We know how we have a new covenant that is far greater than what they had. And what they had would cover their sins just as it did in the life of Abraham. But we do not have an atonement for our sins where they are covered. What do we have? We have the blood of Jesus, glory to God, which is not a covering, but it is a washing away of our sins. It erases sin. It eradicates sin. It removes sin. Our sins are gone. Hallelujah. Amen. They're not covered. You don't have an atonement that is a covering. That's the old covenant. We have redemption. Sin is gone. Amen. This is a greater level than Abraham experienced. Although their sins were covered, they still felt guilt. Amen. They still felt the shame. They still felt that they had to do better. Because it was, it was something that was a guilty conscience. But the blood of Jesus goes deeper than that. It doesn't cover it. It heals. It heals us of our guilt. It heals us of our shame. It heals us that we no longer are conscious of a sinful past, but He has changed our hearts. Glory to God. He has washed us away. And every time that they brought another sacrifice under the old covenant, the old law, it reminded them of their past sins. Why did you bring this lamb today? Why did you bring this turtle dove today? Because and it reminded them of their past sins. And so it would bring them up again. But when Jesus' blood comes, it's no longer to, to bring up a, a, another sacrifice because he's the only sacrifice that will ever redeem us from our sin, right? 
that will wash our sins away. So once and for all, Jesus died upon the cross so that we could be, our sins could be eradicated, it could be washed away, and no longer do we have to bring a turtle dove or a lamb, but we bring the precious blood of Jesus Christ that purges us, that cleanses us of all of our guilty stains. He washes it away, glory to God. Amen. It washes it away. And so Romans chapter 4 and verse 22, he said, and, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Glory to God. Verse 23 said, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us that it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm justified. Amen. I'm justified because Jesus was has raised from the dead. I want to read that same verses to you in the Message Bible. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotency and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he uh, survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He did not tiptoe around God's promise asking uh, casually or cautiously and skeptical questions he plunged into the promise and came up strong ready for God and sure that God would make good on what he said that's why he said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right but it's not just Abraham it's also us the same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice, the sacrifice Jesus made for us, to us fit for God set us right with God. Amen. Jesus did it. Amen. Jesus did it. He made it so I could be, go before the throne room of God boldly. So I could go to Father God without fear, without reservation. If you think you're a wretched worm, how are you going to go before a righteous God and ask for anything? Amen. If you think that you are undeserving, how are you going to go to the omnipotent God and request anything. Right? And this is the problem. This is the problem. The problem is in the church for so many years, they've taught us the old covenant. Amen. And you've got to work your way in. You've got to toil, labor, and sweat. Right? But it's not about you. Amen. 
It's about what Jesus did. And so we've got so entangled up in all of this stuff of the old and the new covenants. And, and we've heard so much about the old covenant. And I don't know, I've, I've talked to you about this before. Whenever I read theologians and I read, read about uh, uh, ministers in early 1900s, they understood this. And they wouldn't even preach the old covenant. They understood you've got to separate and, and the old is, is all fulfilled and now there's a new covenant. But somewhere along the way, we migrated back to it. We migrated back to it. And Paul said, when you start mixing stuff up, it's going to mess everything up. Amen. And so Romans says in 5 and 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. What made you a sinner? Because you sinned? No. You were, you were a sinner because you was born into the Adamic nature. Amen. What do you have to do to go into eternity and go to hell? Nothing. You're on your way there as soon as you're born into humanity. It's true. But what do you have to do to go to heaven? Be born again. Amen. What do you have to do to be made righteous? Be born again. Right? And we got such a mess going on in our country today. of All of this gender benders and all this crazy nonsense going on and people saying well I can't help it I was born this way well that's easy just get born again amen all of us were born that way we were born into sin David said I was shaping iniquity born in sin he said he said my life was a mess all of us were born into that kind of nature amen but we got born again. And when we were born again, we were made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is the foundation of our faith. Everything is founded upon this truth that I have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now, because of that, I, I understand that I, right now, am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And you've got to be convinced of that. If you don't know who you are, the enemy is going to come and bombard you and he's going to work on your mind. Amen. That's the reason why that he said that to not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Amen. I'm not so convinced that he wasn't talking about being renewed from the old covenant to the new covenant. Amen. That you have to put off the old and take on the new. He said, he said, let this mind be in you. 
which is also in Christ Jesus, right? And so we have to put on the, the, the mind of Christ. We've got to know who we are, and it is not because of us, but because of Jesus. Amen? I want you to look at your neighbor right in the eyes, and I want you to tell them, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now that's a start. Amen. That's a start. But every morning, whenever you get up and you comb that hair in the mirror or wash it with a rag, whatever it requires, I want you to look in that mirror and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every morning that you get up, but I don't feel like it. Who cares? Huh? I had a bad day yesterday. It doesn't matter. I don't feel real good. It doesn't matter. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he made me righteous. In the same way that he, he saved me, he gave me righteousness. Amen? He justified me. And if you don't understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then you'll, not have, you'll never know the second part of this, righteousness and peace. You'll never live in peace. You'll be in turmoil. You'll be wondering, will God do it? Is God going to do it? Is he able to do it? Is it really for me? Is it really? And, and, and you will be in turmoil. Romans 4 and 25, he said, who was delivered up because of our offenses. Jesus was betrayed and crucified for me. Amen. And when Jesus raised from the dead, it was a testimony that God had accepted what Jesus did for all of my sins. Wow. Think about that. When Jesus got up from the grave, it was God's approval that said that the price has been paid for sin. So that I no longer have to guess, worry, or wonder, did God forgive me? Did I bring it to him? Did I, did I come with a godly sorrow? Did I repent? If I did, he said he is able and just to forgive me of all of my sins. How many? All. Amen. We, we, we got them in different scales, right? We got them in different scales. You know? But whenever you read the Bible... It don't appear that sin has different scales because he said that the gossiper would find their place in hell with the murderer. The liar shall have his place in the lake of fire. Woo! Huh? But when Jesus came, he forgive us of all. How I many know he's a totalitarian God? He don't do nothing halfway. 
He does it all together wonderful. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I am at peace with God and with myself because of the finished work of Calvary. Peace is dwelling, the indwelling presence of God. I want to say that again. What is peace? Peace is the indwelling presence of God. He doesn't have peace. He is peace. Peace is more than just an emotion. It's more than a feeling. It is the person of Christ that comes and lives on the inside of me. In Judges 6 and 24 so Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. <laughs> to this day, it is still there. Peace is more than what God does. Peace is the Lord himself living on the inside of us. So the kingdom of God is about God making me righteous and cleansed and pure so that his peace can come and live on the inside. Are you walking with me? Jesus came, he died, he finished the work so that whenever I come and accept him as Savior and Lord of my life, then he cleanses me, he redeems me, he calls me righteous, so that now his kingdom can come and be established on the inside of me. What is his kingdom? Righteousness, peace, right? And how many know that our culture today, they struggle with peace? Struggle with peace. All kinds of turmoil, all kinds of, of raging, all kinds of anxiety. Amen. And it used to be people that was, you know, was under pressure would talk about anxiety. Now kids are talking about anxiety. Somebody told me about kids talking about being anxious and anxiety, and I asked the age, and they told me the age. I said, what they got to be anxious about? They ain't got to do nothing. Got a bed to sleep in. They know food's going to be on the table. They don't pay for their clothes. What do you have to be anxious about? But it's a spirit that comes after even young people and will attach itself to them. Amen? And so it's our job as parents to take authority over that thing and to teach them that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and the peace of God comes to live on the inside of you so you don't have to worry. Amen? You don't have to fret. We need to put Maylocks out of business. <laughs> Glory to God.
Amen. Don't worry. Be happy. Why? Not because of what I've done, not because of what I've got in the bank, not because of the job I have, but because of what's on the inside of me. Christ, the hope of glory, lives on the inside of me. And he, when he came and took residence in my life, he brought the spirit of peace to live with inside of me. So that the pre his presence radiates from my life. Peace. Right? The woman with the issue of blood, Jesus said to her, Woman, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. <laughs> Our peace comes from wholeness. Come on. I probably ain't got time to go down this rabbit trail. But our peace comes from wholeness. When you are whole, when you know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when you know you're the son, the daughter of God, when you are, have that, uh, that feeling of wholeness in your, your, the peace comes. That I may not be able to control what I will face today, but I know that in this day, I'm going to be all right because the king of glory lives inside of me. And he's never had a battle that he hasn't won. He's never had a problem that he didn't have a solution. He is the answer. And so I can go and face my today with confidence knowing that Christ lives in me. And if he lives in me, he's never been defeated. Glory to God. So what's that make me? It makes me a conqueror. It makes me victorious. It makes me know that today is going to be all right. Hallelujah. God made me righteous. Jesus came and lived on the inside of me. And his radiant glory shines out of every part of my life. He makes me whole. Right? He makes me whole. Spirit, soul, and body. He makes me whole in my family, in my finances. I carry his glorious peace inside of me so that whenever I come into a room that is chaotic, I bring peace. Amen. How many have ever been in a room that everyone laughing and enjoying it and one person walk in and change the whole atmosphere? Joy runs out. Laughter is gone. You know who I'm talking about. Amen. It's true. But I believe we as the body of Christ, people that Christ lives on the inside of us, we have the power within us to change the atmosphere. To change what is going on in our workplace. Well, Pastor, you don't know how dark it is there. That's the reason you're there. God trusted you to be the light in a dark place. He trusted you that you would be a witness to a dark place because today folks don't come to the church. I've said this before, I know, but used to be whenever people got in trouble, the first place they went was the church. 
When their marriage got in trouble, they went to the church. When they were sick, they went to the church. Whenever difficult times come, when they lost their job, whatever, they went to the church. It was the first place, but now it's the last place that ever crosses someone's mind. They don't think about coming to the church because their marriage is chaotic or their job is failing them or sickness has come. They, they don't have no thought of that. So God had to trust you and placed you in that place so that they could see him. See what peace looked like. See what goodness looked like, right? Because some are carriers of bitterness. Some are carriers of drama. Some are carriers of conflict. Everywhere they go, they, they cause it. It's true. Some people are just dramatic. You let them hang out with you and it'll be, it'll cause you to be cray cray. Amen. It's true. It'll mess everything up. Some people will cause conflict. But you can lay all of that down and let peace radiate through your life. How does wholeness come? How do you get whole? Do, 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 do. No, you don't do, do. That's a mess. How did, how did Abraham do it? Believed God. He believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Jesus paid it all for me. And when he arose from the grave, I was justified. Amen. And this radiant Jesus came to live on the inside of me. Why? To let me know that I'm, his kingdom is within me. What is his kingdom? Righteousness, peace. Right? So inside of me as a believer, inside of you as a believer, if you believe this, then righteousness is in you. Peace is in you. And joy is in you. And just they build on each other. I've seen that this week. They build on each other. You can't have peace without believing you're righteous. And you can't have joy if you don't have peace. Amen. But I have to believe. And the fact that I believe that he made me righteous gives me peace. <laughs> Amen. It gives me peace. The king of glory. The God of peace came and lived on the inside of me. And because I have peace, now I have joy. Amen. Look around you today. God, God, he, he created everything and he's a colorful God. God's creation is colorful. It's beautiful, isn't it? You just look around you and you see all of the goodness. You see all of the color. You see all of the beauty. And it's not 
uh, natural joy that God gives you. It's not, it's not something that the world can give you because that's enjoyment. You enjoy food. Then it's over. Right? You enjoy, for some people anyways, you enjoy a theme park. Right? Well, I've never been, been one of those. I've told you my dilemma with that before. How, how can you enjoy something standing in a line for 45 minutes to ride a 30-second ride? Now, nah, the devil is a liar. <laughs> Amen. Buy a $10 hot dog. No, uh-uh. Amen. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's getting crazy out there. You can't even go to, to, to McDonald's and get a Happy Meal anymore because when you pay for it, you ain't happy no more. <laughs> Amen. It's a mess. But you see, the enjoyment, it, it, it's something you enjoy, but it comes to an end. You enjoy shopping, you enjoy golfing, you enjoy this, that, and the other, but it comes to the end. But there is a joy that only comes from heaven. That is the joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's the third person of the Godhead that comes to dwell and to live on the inside of us. And it has nothing to do with what you're doing. It only has to do with his power, his presence, his anointing flowing through your life. Amen. I talked about this last week, I believe. But the, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God flowing through your life. Whenever the gifts of the Spirit begin to flow and operate in your life, it isn't something that puffs you up. You're humbled by that. I mean, for real, you will be humbled by that. When God gives you a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, the gifts of the Spirit begin to flow through your life, it'll humble you because the, the presence of God, the Almighty God, gave, you give Him access and He chose to work through your life. Amen. That's awesome. And there is a spiritual force that flows out of the kingdom of God. And that spiritual force that flows out of the kingdom of God is called joy. Amen. But we're so busy running around that we've lost sight of joy. Amen. I mean, how many people do you know? They say, man, they're happy people. Man, they're always laughing and enjoying life. I'm not just talking about in the world. I'm talking about in the church. A lot of times you look around whenever people's not, you know, on the limelight. They look like a brush with a dill pickle and garg with vinegar. Been pulled through a right hole backwards. And, and there they are, you know. And it's a mess. We don't have no joy. Huh? I believe it was Nehemiah, wasn't it? Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name, but asking to receive that your joy may be full. Why? Because in, uh, he said, 
The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. How much strength do you have? How, much, how strong are you? Well, if you're not very strong, according to Scripture, it is because that you don't have joy. Why don't you have joy? Because you don't believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And peace hasn't come to live on the inside of you. And because of that, you have no joy. And the secondary consequence of that is you have no strength. Amen. Amen. It's so good to be preaching in this Presbyterian church today. Isaiah 35 and 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing and with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. How long does joy last? Everlasting joy. Right? Where's it at? It's in your mind. You got to believe it. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And what happens? Sorrow and sighing. It's got to go. It's kind of like flipping the light switch on in this dark room. There's no struggle whenever you turn the lights on. Darkness doesn't say, I think I want to stay a few more minutes. It doesn't matter because when you flip the switch on, light comes and the darkness has to flee. Whenever we decide, when we purpose in our hearts, when we believe the word of the Lord that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, peace comes to live on the inside of us. And then we have the joy of the Holy Spirit. And the joy of the Holy Spirit says, sorrow, you've got to go. Sighing, you've got to go. It's got to flee away. Why? Because everlasting joy has come to live on the inside of me. Amen. He's given us a picture of the anointing of joy being poured out on the heads of the people. Amen. It's a picture of God pouring out everlasting joy, anointing them with joy. Right? And there's no limit to it. You can't exhaust it. It isn't just good for Sunday mornings. It isn't just good for one day. It's everlasting joy. Amen. I haven't seen it in a while. But I have seen it. When a spirit of joy get on a person. 
And they just begin to laugh and rejoice. Amen. You can call, you can, you can receive the joy that will cause sorrow to flee from your life. Amen. I know there's different ministries and different things that has happened through the years, but uh, people, you know, they, they start laughing and all of that. And I know... Uh, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown used to have a lot of that, and Dad Hagen, he had a lot of that. And uh, people say, well, I just don't believe in all that. I don't think you should act like that. What do you think about that? I said, I'd have liked to have a lot more of that than what we got. People need to laugh. I said, people need to laugh. We're so stern and starchy and and we don't, we don't never smile, right? We don't ever, let alone laugh or enjoy. But when you receive the joy, it causes sorrow to flee. It runs the mourning out. It drives depression out. It causes those dark feelings that tries to come and those clouds that try to come and live over your life. It says not so anymore. Huh? Because joy has come to live here. Most people have been through some stuff in their lives and they're battle scarred and they're calloused. And most of us, we, we, we are not where we can see the heart and the soul of a person. And people are living through broken relationships. They're living through rejection. They're living through betrayal. And God comes and says, you don't have to live like that any longer. You don't have to live like that any longer. I've got joy for you. Glory to God. I've got joy for you. I've got something that will cause your mourning to, to be gone. I can, I can give you something permanent that will cause you to have joy in the morning, joy in the evening. Sorrow will flee from you because it's not what you have done, it's what I've done. And I want to give you joy. The oil of joy. Amen? The oil of joy. Oil has a residue that sticks with you. Doesn't it? Oil sticks with you. It's something that will get in your pores. It will stick. And, and Psalms 16 and 11 said, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. Joy is a part of his life. Amen. Joy is not a reaction to his presence. Joy is a part of his presence. Where he is, there's joy. Right? There is a river. 
and the streams thereof make glad the city of our God. The word streams is plural because there's multiple streams that make up the river. Are you with me? And one of the streams that make glad the city of God is a stream of pure joy. And you can be surrounded by chaos and have pure joy that's unspeakable, unexplainable. Amen. Why? Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Peace came to live on the inside of me. And now he gives me joy. Receiving the joy that God has given us is part of the kingdom of God, the power of God, the authority of God. And if we're not over, bubbling over with joy, it's because the situation has got on top of us, right? And it's pressed us down. But God has given us authority to change our circumstances. Romans, or excuse me, not Romans, Psalms 126 and verse 1. I'm just giving you scripture today because I want you to know that I didn't make it up. When the Lord brought back the captive of Zion, they were like those who dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And the Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Amen. The Bible said his mouth was filled with laughter because they were like those who dreamed. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you quit dreaming? Have you quit believing? Do you still have a dream? Do you still have, do you still believe? Do you still have a dream? Do, is laughter still filling your mouth? His mouth is filled like laughter. Most kids laugh. But after a lot of pressure of adulthood, it causes us to lose our laughter. But God says, I'm going to restore your laughter. I'm going to cause you to laugh again. Huh? God says, I'm going to restore it so you laugh again. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to restore it. So you're like these little kids. Just anything makes you laugh. Right? Acts chapter 2. They receive the power of the infilling, the third person, the Holy Spirit, coming to dwell on the inside of them. 
and God restored laughter. They were out there having such a party and such a good time, they thought they were drunk. Huh? They were slapping each other on the back. They were laughing. They had such joy. They had such peace, right? The situations, the circumstances hadn't changed, but they had encountered the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, come to live on the inside of them, and it released the kingdom of God in them. And they, they started laughing again. They started enjoying life again, right? And all of the people around them, they, they went, pointed at them, and they said, these are drunk, Right? But Peter said, these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day, but this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. Yeah? And he said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, on my servants and handmaidens, I'll pour out of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. He said, this is the spirit of God. This is what you can expect as a spirit-filled believer. Amen. To enjoy life. Their mouths were filled with laughter again. I don't suggest that we put on. But I just wonder what would happen. If a spirit of laughter. Would fill this house. I, I'm convinced that there would be people from this community come to find out what the laughing was all about. Because this world is so full of heartache, disappointment, fretting, worry, anxiety. They need to see what it is like to enjoy life. Amen. This, this, and, and I'm almost done. I really am. I shut my iPad off 10 minutes ago. So I'm almost done. This, this culture that we're in, I talked to some about that last week, right? And how that they allowed the culture to frame their worship. This culture that we're in, the church has bought into the lie that, that we're going to cause somebody to be scared or, you know, we're afraid to, for the demonstration and the power of God. But I, I submit to you that that's what the world is looking for. They're looking for a real demonstration of the power of God that is greater than the manipulation of men, more than what a man or a woman can do. But they're looking for something supernatural that will touch their life and will transform them. And in the midst of a chaotic world, can give them peace. I mean, who in the world wouldn't want peace? Who wouldn't want joy? Huh? But you can't have peace and you can't have joy if you don't know you're the righteousness of God. But I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. And I will be who he says that I am. Amen? Father, I love you today. I pray that you would help each of us 
to come to a greater understanding and realization of who we are in you. God, that we come to embrace what you've already done, the finished work of Calvary. God, that we'll say yes to it. Not dependent upon our ability, our talent, our whoever we are, but according to what you've done for us at Calvary. You supplied every need, everything that pertains to life and godliness. You've already done it. So we thank you for that finished work. And I pray today that we embrace it. Teach us to embrace it. Teach us to accept what you've already done so that we can receive everything that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.